Welcome to Victory Lutheran Church online. We're very glad to have you meeting with us today. This service will be available both on Facebook and on YouTube, uh, so you can view it whenever you wish. Our pianist for today is Rachel Weisbrod, and in the sound booth is Judy Brown. Our, I want to remind you also that our daily devotions are being presented by Pastor Roland on Facebook. Also, daily communion is still available as of this time, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. or by appointment at other times. We begin our service in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, our hearts are open to you. Our desires are known to you, and there are no secrets with you. Wash our hearts clean by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that we can love you with everything that we are, and magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have not sinned, we are fooling ourselves, and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sins to God, he can always be trusted to forgive us and to take our sins away. Bearing this in mind, we take a moment for self-examination.
So I spoke this message, just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies. But they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I have said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. The word of our Lord. We will, we will now say Psalm 130, verses 1 through 8 responsibly. That's Psalm 130, verses 1 through 8. From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord. Pay attention to my prayer. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear for you. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. I long for the Lord. More than centuries long for the dawn. Yes, more than centuries long for the dawn. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. He himself will redeem Israel from every kind of sin. Our second lesson comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, the 8th chapter, beginning at the first verse. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own Son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his Son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. 
But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been raised right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We now sing together our Gospel Acclamation Sanctuary. Jesus told her, 
your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises, at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, The teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village, at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, See how much he loved him. But some said, This man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell would be terrible. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here, so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, and his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, Unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were there with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do, they asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Caiaphas, who was the high priest at the time, said, You don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. He did not say this on his own. As high priest at that time, he was led to prophecy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. And not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. As we've just heard the Gospel lesson for today, I want us to focus especially on this verse, in uh, verse 4. Now, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. I think we can all agree that this is the most unusual time 
I can only think of a couple times in my life previously that even come close. Perhaps the uh, Kennedy assassination in 1963, or 9-11 in, in 2001. There are a few other momentous events, but few have measured up to the impact that this particular COVID crisis has created. For one thing, it's slow moving. Things like assassinations and terrorist attacks are instantaneous. They happen at once. You can picture how long it will take for normalcy to come back. This is far less predictable. For some, it's fearful. Others of us find it frustrating. It's as if our way of life has died. And while that may not quite be literal, it is metaphorical, I think. Our way of life has died. We think of all the things that have ended, things like sports and shopping and travel and entertainment, eating out. I was thinking uh, just this week how my world has shrunk. I put on only about uh, 75 kilometers on my car in two weeks. That never happens. We've been forced to set aside idols. Even our church. Maybe God is calling us to look within. To examine our filter. The other day at, uh, at, at, a, at prayer, this, this thought came up. We, we thought about one leader who has used this crisis as an opportunity to grab for more power. There's another leader who seems far more concerned about money than he is necessarily about grandmas and grandpas and others who are dying. And the interesting thing is both, of course, have couched this under a mantle of good intentions. Now, stay with me here because this isn't really meant to be a political statement, but rather to illustrate a point in a way a lot of us, I think, will get. Because here's the real question. What is your filter? What are you missing the most? Is it something perhaps that God is calling you to die for or die to? Maybe that's why God is slow in answering our questions, his, our, our, our petitions to end this. Really? If we did it too quickly, would we get the lesson? We see that here in the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was clearly a good friend of Jesus. Jesus spent a lot of time in their home because it was quite convenient to Jerusalem, just out in the suburbs, really, as the scripture tells us. Clearly, he was a friend. Now, Jesus, on many occasions, had healed total strangers. Why does he hesitate, or seemingly hesitate, to heal his friend? Well, when Jesus heard it, we're told, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. What if this pandemic 
is the doorway to revival? What if this pandemic is the pathway for many to receive Jesus? What if this pandemic is the opportunity for you to receive Jesus? Well, the good news is, even for us now, even though we don't know when this will end, as the, the famous preacher Tony Campolo once said, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Why do we have to have Good Friday? Well, there could be no resurrection without death. Death could not be defeated unless the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus himself, died in order to rise again. We can't have resurrection without expiration. We can't rise again without lying down. It says in verses 21 to 27, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus said. It's a call to faith. It strikes me that in this rather long gospel reading today, two of the people who are at other times probably best remembered for, for what might be called a lack of faith, demonstrate the strongest faith. For example, Thomas, whose very eponym is Doubting Thomas. Yet here in this scripture, he professes faith to go with Jesus into the face of fear itself. Martha was known for wanting to get supper on the table rather than sitting and listening to, to Jesus. Here expresses that clear faith, that clear faith in who Jesus is. It's faith. But faith requires letting go. God is making us let go of almost everything, really. Most of the things that we've held most dear, we're not even able to, to go and see family. We hear terrible stories of, of uh, people passing away and their family is not able to be with them. We're being asked to give up almost everything. And that's the problem with death. Even death in a more metaphorical sense, like we're talking about here. It stinks. That's what, uh, when Jesus asked them to roll the stone away, Martha said quite famously, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. <laughs> 
Of course it would be terrible. There's a smell of to death. And you know, when we face the dead places in our life, it's like that line from Hamlet, something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Because there's something rotten in the state of our souls. It takes courage to roll that stone away. It takes the courage of faith to confront the dead things in our life and to give them up. That, after all, is the message of Lent, isn't it? I like the Facebook meme that I saw. This is the Lentiest Lent I have ever Lented. That's true. Are you ready to do the work of rolling the stone away? Because you see, when we do that, then comes three words that Jesus speaks. The most powerful words. He says, Lazarus, come out. God is a God of resurrection. There is resurrection power. We will emerge from the tomb of self-isolation into the light of day. But will we emerge as different people? We will see God's glory if we believe. So the words of Jesus for us today are come out, come out from the tomb of the things that we've been called to die to. And we will see the glory of God in Jesus' name. We will now sing together LBW 272, Green Hymnal, number 272, the hymn Abide With Me.
We now confess together our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed, saying, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now today we can't take, obviously, a physical offering, but I want to offer a special thank you to all those of you who have made a special effort either to switch over to uh, automatic debit giving or to drop a check off at the church. Uh, for the time being, we'll still be able to do that. Uh, that is dropping a check off. Uh, we may be making some other arrangements in the next coming days, so we just want to thank all of you who really reached out in this time of need. Today, during this time, as we sing the, the songs that we are used to singing during the offering time, I'm going to encourage you to offer your heart to God, to give your heart and your life to the Lord as your offering today.
according to their needs. Dear Lord, in this unique time and difficult and challenging time of a pandemic, we ask for your guidance. We ask for your presence to all people, and we ask for the illumination of our minds to know what we should be doing in this time. How should we love our neighbor? How can we pray for our neighbor? How can we serve our neighbor? And most importantly, how do we draw closer to you and love you with all of our mind, all of our heart, and all of our soul? Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we pray for those in the front lines in the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, and all the cleaning staff, and all the administrators, and everyone else working there, especially also the paramedics, and people working in the ER, and the intensive care units. Bless them and keep them safe. Strengthen them to work under these extraordinary times and give them the knowledge to rightly heal those who come into their care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for all those people who are also a very important part of the supply chain. We pray for all the people that work at pharmacies and grocery stores. We pray for all the people that pack and unpack food. We pray for all the people at the meat processing plants, all of our farmers and producers and ranchers. We pray for the people driving the trucks and the trains and all the supply managers and all the people that are keeping our logistical systems going so that we do not starve. Keep them safe and strengthen them in their work. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those who are lonely in this time. Those who are isolated, especially the ones that just cannot be visited at this time, especially those in the hospital, those in the senior homes and nursing homes and long-term care facilities. And Lord, also those people who don't have people around, have mercy on them, Lord. Bless them with the special knowledge of your presence today, and may they truly know your love in a real and tangible way. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for all people as they try to get used to this new normal. Lord, the future is filled with uncertainty. But one thing we know for certain, that you loved us, that you died for us, that you rose for us, and that you will rise us up with you at the last day as well. And trusting in this promise, we ask, Lord, in your mercy, Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We pray now together the prayer our Lord Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive now the benediction of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
We conclude our service together today, our online service, with the song, God Will Take Care of You.